I'm Dan. I'm Brian. And uh, we're missing a few people, but we've gained a couple extras. Today we've got Kyle McCauley and David Fraser with us. Hello. Guys, go ahead and introduce Yo. yourself. I'm Kyle. I am David. All right. Uh, as you can hear, we're doing this over Skype. This is a special edition of the Carpe Diem Gamecast. We are welcoming someone to the Carpe Diem Digital Network. Kyle, you're the host and moderator of Backwards Compatible Podcast, right? Yeah, if you want to call it that, I consider myself more of a circus lion tamer. I'm moral support. That's funny. And you're you're oh, he's the lion. And David, you're the clown. I am the I'm the three ring circus. <laughs> you are the circus. Now go ahead uh, and tell us a little bit about your podcast. What it's about? Yeah, we're doing uh, the backwards compatible podcast, uh, which covers video gaming, every sort of fashion. You know, whether it be retro or modern. You know, I mean we take about two hours every week and kind of you know go over what we've been playing you know what's happening in two hours what two hours <laughs> well you know half of it's me saying penis yeah <laughs> <laughs> it really is uh I kinda so feel like I'm on a morning radio show right now it really is like the only thing i'm missing is like a soundboard that makes fart jokes oh come on dan where you at on Dude, that i've <laughs> got you covered if you really want it <laughs> please send it my way because it'll be better than what i got so yeah i mean you video games is a, a pretty pretty big passion of mine and uh, i know david so just get in front of a mic and talk so, about it are you saying you know david or david you, is also part you need of it? commas you need commas bro do i need commas steven grammar no i don't <laughs> all right um we're doing this as an edition of the game cast rather than like a podcast spotlight or an interview because mm-hmm. we're actually going to have a discussion and uh, I'm going to throw it out there real quick. Today's discussion is going to be on the topic of video games as a culture piece, as, let's say, rock and roll as a culture piece in the 60s. Before we go down that road, where'd you guys come from? What have you been doing? Uh, what makes you, what made you the geeks you are today? <laughs> well, see, Dan, when a mommy loves a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, you want to, you want to field that one? I'll, I'll field that one. So the the question you're you're asking me what made me a geek? What what's stamped on the back of your geek card? Where have you been? What have you been doing? Well, in the back of my geek card is a Pokemon and uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it a Magikarp. It's a Magikarp. It's no, it's Snorlax. Dude. Oh, I'm Come sorry, on. fat lazy bastard, just like every gamer. But <laughs> no, I, my mom was really like big into the retro gaming whenever it wasn't retro. So I grew up watching my mom playing video games. So it always made me like I always wanted to do it. But she never would let me. So whenever I finally became old enough to play video games, like that's all I did. Video games. I just and such. Yeah, video games and such. For uh, <laughs> what? platformers, side scrollers, first person shooters, role playing games. What is it? It pick it. Okay. <laughs> I've done it all. <laughs> They're all. <laughs> I'm like the whore of video games. <laughs> I do have a preference. I wouldn't go that far uh, with myself. I don't. I don't sell myself out for the craft, but. uh no, I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, the arts, you know, whether it be any, I mean, any type of media, literature, film, and now gaming. I just, I feel like, you know, gaming is really coming into, coming into its own as a mature medium, you know, so it just 
the stories that are being told, the the stuff that's being able to be done now, you know, is really exciting. And, and I don't know. I've got a pretty good passion for it now. So he went, you know. he made me go first to show me up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he really did. <laughs> like, no. here's, here's why you game. David's like, oh, I'm the video game whore. And like, Kyle's like, <laughs> Kyle's like well, uh, I went to Harvard Gaming University. <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so you're calling yourselves uh, backwards compatible because you're going to talk about games of all platforms and, and types and yes. whatever. Gaming news? Recent events? Yeah, so we, we just decided uh, last week to um, kind of, we're going we're gonna to split the podcast into two. The, uh, the bi-weekly will be, you know, topic and discussion in gaming from, I don't know, gaming, like our most recent one that we did was uh, gaming on a budget and kind of our tips and tricks on you know spending as little money as possible for and i've got some of those (laughs) (laughs) some of those monies no some of those tips oh okay i'm all out of the monies that's why i need the tips (laughs) just just a tip just (laughs) there's the penis joke um and we're gonna split that off so that'll be the bi-weekly uh discussion and then you know on the off weeks and whatnot me and david will be doing uh i guess what we're gonna be calling the newsroom um, because we both suck at naming shit. <laughs> as you can very well see. So yeah, we'll be doing the newsroom kind of like radio show. It's like and next up is the newsroom and like <laughs> You got a better name? Come on. Spot on the spot right now. Gaming Thanks. News by Kyle. <laughs> That's a horrible name. We'll see. Fan vote. <laughs> so yeah. Um we'll be doing that uh on the off weeks, just discussing, you know, the news and new releases and everything like that. Um So you're essentially cramming two podcasts into your little podcast. Yeah. Uh, one bi weekly discussion about gaming the hobby as a culture, I guess. And then a bi weekly podcast with con- gaming news and in and, and interests concerning the gaming culture. Yeah. Okay. Wow, Dan, you said it better than I ever could. Alright. And uh I want to tell everybody that uh, CarpeGM.net is uh, now officially a network. We have two shows on it. Woohoo! Uh, Yay! You can, find, you can find Backwards Compatible and their deep, deep library of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> what are you uh, trying to say here? Like three or four episodes on uh, CarpeGM.net. You'll be able to find them on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere you can find the GameCast, you'll find backwards compatible be sure to give them a listen and uh and the only constituent know these guys you, they're a riot and the only constituent is if you guys get more popular than us we get to replace you on your own show <laughs> <laughs> you, you know the problem with that no, is no no the situation is that we are just kind of carpegm.net's kind of being used as a platform for uh funny creative people and yeah and this is exactly what I wanted to do when we first started this project. So if there are any other podcasters out there or people that want to start podcasting, hit me up. I can give you some information. Kyle can tell you he had no idea what he was doing when he first started either. And I, I really was, did not. I was able to help him out and get them up and running, and I'm really glad that I was able to do that because I think, I think in in the process of them learning to do this and actually putting this thing together, there's going to be a lot of people that, that get a lot of hours enjoyment out of this. So it was... The little bit of help that I was able to give them and the and and advice is, is well worth it. Uh, guys, did you have anything else? To, uh, what what you, what's your email address? 
I guess as long as everything works out, uh, hit us up at uh, backwardscompatible at carpegm.net. Okay, so that, that, yeah, that. that's a mouthful, but please type it out. <laughs> Don't say it, just type it. <laughs> Unless you're telling your friends, tell them. All right, you'll be able to find them uh, on Facebook and Twitter eventually. It'll happen. You you guys will be doing some blogging and whatnot on carpegm.net, right? Yes, I will. Yes. Okay, neat. I don't know about this douche. If anybody has any questions or any comments, you know how to reach me, and now you know how to reach them. Brian, I brought you on Yeah. the episode here. Normally, I do the interview stuff solo, but I brought you on the episode here because I've kind of been out of the video game realm for a while. So I've got old school handled. However, I need somebody old man still, Dan. still current. I haven't had time, man. We'll call him Retro Dan. Retro Dan is less yeah, retro insulting. Dan. Retro Dan is retro, man. That's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that rhymed. I personally used to do the MMORPGs, just about anything on a console, uh, but I ran out of time. I started working too much, and other creative endeavors got in the way, and I just uh, haven't really had time to play, to get involved in any many video games lately. See, I'm the guy who's played, like, every game ever and tries his hardest to be the best at it and then ends up sucking really bad and then, like, throwing the game across the room. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll put like a hundred hours into some game where I'm just like all my friends are playing and I'm like I really want to be good at this to play with you guys and then I'm like really like the scrubbiest piece of shit player ever <laughs> and then like I just like can't get better at it and yeah that, and then I just throw it across the room that's great I actually am the the gamer that didn't I didn't realize how good I am at video games until like I started playing around my friends and they're like what you beat that in two days it took me like a week or I stomp their asses in video games. Now, yeah. I just made, had to make sure that <laughs> I knew that that statement was true, so he picked up a copy of Halo 4 and shoved it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> you must suck at that, huh? Oh, yeah. All right, uh, let's, let's take a quick break. We'll come back to our topic, and we'll get this uh, ball rolling. Welcome back. All right. So uh, where do you start with this? Do you start with culture? Do you start with rock and roll? Do you start with video games? I guess whatever the newest taboo or culture is going to be, you're going to find that wherever the kids are and their parents don't understand what they're doing. I guess that was probably video gaming in the 90s. Punk rock in the 80s. Yeah, and I think Will Smith said it best when he said <laughs> parents, they just don't understand. Right? They don't. Right. Damn no. you, Seabass, for taking my joke. Don't I did that earlier that today, too. Yes, you did. <laughs> so I guess that was probably console video gaming in the 90s. Was probably the equivalent of what rock and roll... Yeah, rock and roll has got to go. The commercials and stuff from back <laughs> in the day. Oh, my goodness. I, um, I see those. <laughs> the guys are snapping records. <laughs> um, the Beatles are the devil. The original Nintendo, I guess, is what was the... No, I don't think it was popular that popular then. I think, like... The rock star, like, suit, like the thing that's got to go when it's like these video games got to go was like the whole Mortal Kombat. with the Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. when it was like rock star. Like, only cool kids with jean jackets play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't a cool kid with a jean jacket. I didn't get Mortal Kombat until later. Right. It, it was uh, Mario's, like, everyone friendly. And then they came out, like, then they came out with Mortal Kombat, which 
back then was almost as bad as Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I can see what you're talking about. From that movement came the colossal giant that we have in the video of, of video gaming today, which is the MMORPG. No, that uh, thing is horrible. No, that <laughs> thing's amazing. You can. I mean, it's amazing, but horrible. Yeah, the ability to play video games around the world what, from your living room has um, brought us to new heights of of recreation and laziness. Right. And uh, there's never been anything like this in the world before. Well, I mean, without MMOs, we might not have, like, this, like, Skype. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Stuff like this, like Ventrilo, was made so you can talk to people while playing MMOs. I used to use it for Diablo all the time and play the Scatman constantly. <laughs> <laughs> people got so mad. And that's why you're a terrible person. Hey, uh, no one will ever MMO, love you. The government used an MMO to, like, see how a virus would spread through uh, World of Warcraft. They had, like, this weird, like, thing where, like, the, a virus, like a dot, which is damage over time for those people who don't know it, okay. <laughs> uh, went on a character that was only supposed to be in, like, a certain instance or raid. And when they came off, there was a glitch. And he went back to, like, the main city. And the, 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 the debuff, the, the dot, didn't go away. And also another thing of that the dot was it spreaded whoever you touched, so it just it just spread like wildfire throughout the entire, and eventually the whole server died. <laughs> and it like used it as like a a kind of a an idea of like what would it be like if an outbreak happened, and like the government studied it. Wow, that's pretty cool actually. Yeah, and that's extremely cool. scary. Nah, it's not scary. It's innovative. <laughs> I applaud them for putting our tax dollars to use. That actually sounds like on it wow. Have, hey, it sounds like it might have been better than some of the stuff. I mean, they, they didn't have the time on. They didn't give nobody AIDS and let that spread, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bad plan. <laughs> Just a bad plan. I'm glad they went with the MMO plan and not the AIDS plan. So, the record party moves to the land party, and people start moving their computers and stuff to their friends' houses and getting together and having. These huge parties, 10, 15, 20 people all sitting around with their respective video game machines playing the same video game linked together on their network. And everyone forgot how fun drugs were. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I don't want to say that for sure, but I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good analogy because, I mean, drug winners don't use drugs. <sighs> sure they do. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, the beginning you of that drug use Thank on you, the Michael podcast? Phelps. Um, so the video game, Culture has has rooted very deeply in today's youth. I've got some youth running around the house. I know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I had a discussion with somebody that I that I love and respect a while. I love back. you too. <laughs> and he had said that the world had lost its culture, or that this country had lost its culture and its creativity, and you know where's the architecture, and just had pretty you know getting down pretty hard on the people you know today's youth and it was then that i realized that today's culture exists in video games and computer gaming the architecture is the interface and the mainframe for that people design this thing on that's the art the storytelling exists there in video games and in i guess comic books have you know in the in the 90s around the same time video games blew up comic books were blowing up too uh, so as far as art and storytelling, that stuff just moved to a different medium, you know, and maybe one he didn't know how to read or <laughs> really couldn't get... I can't read either, Dad. ...couldn't connect with, but um, just because he didn't get it 
doesn't mean it wasn't there. And I guess what I'm saying here is kind of the fact that he didn't get it is what made it what it is. That's where people were going. You know, it's always been, uh, what are my kids into? Uh, when, when the parent sees their kid playing D and D or, you know, looking at those books or listening to those crazy long haired bands, it's always been, what are they getting into? This isn't, this isn't art. This isn't creative. This is garbage that will rot your mind. To be fair, it probably will. Yeah, we'll probably die of cancer because of all this. But you know what? It was worth the ride. It it, it may, but then again, it may not. Who knows where it's going to take you? I mean, I would say that the video gaming culture has made leaps and bounds in communication, like we discussed earlier. Uh, the world is a much smaller place today than it was even 20 years ago. It's helped with uh, medical field and the ability to uh, manipulate things via a third-party interface that's true just think of like xbox live and how like well that was yeah not to mention the more we dream the further we go if some deep if you can't imagine (laughs) (laughs) if if you don't imagine it then you'll never strive for it you know i saw dream big a a long time ago i don't remember i think it might have been one of the star trek next generation episodes but I was watching that, and they had said something about uh, cryogenics being created in 2054. And I'm waiting yep. for 2054. That date stuck with me. I want to see if it's here. Just, you know, for argu- argument's sake. It's just, that's kind of my goal. I want to be able to freeze a dude in 2054 and have him wake <laughs> up in 3054. I think that'd be pretty neat. Nice. That'd be pretty cool for you, because you'd be old as <laughs> by then. I will be. <laughs> Actually, I, I, it'll be too Put me in this me. freezer. Why would I want to Why would I want to keep doing that? I'm going to be like 100 years old. Right. Freeze me now. <laughs> Freeze me now. More. Uh, <laughs> in any case, I think the the creativity, the dreams, the the way the way video games inspire people aren't necessarily the conventional ways that people were inspired in the past. But then again, a lot of those situations are very similar. They're through intelligent um, storytelling, engaging art. You know, all of those things are all part of the marketing in the video game industry. And as far as a video game designer is concerned, if your game's pretty, you know, you, you've accomplished something. If your game's a good, solid game, you've accomplished something. It's all the same criteria that we gave to the guys who were playing rock and roll back in the 60s. If your art is good, it's worth doing. Yeah. Right. Ryan, what's your thought on this? Just, uh, I pretty much think that it's like, the standard, like, nerd is the new cool kind of thing is just pretty much what it is now. There's just no escaping it at this point. Are the highest rated box office movies right now are, you know, like Avengers and Superman and stuff like that. So, like, nerd is the new cool. And, like, nerd really took a huge, like, leap forward in the 90s with video games. And, like, that became, like, an even more, like, niche thing you can, like, get into with still being a nerd. And, uh, you can like, you can be like so many different kinds of nerds. You can be like, like I am the comic book guy and like, I love comics and I love like card games and, you know, but like video games isn't really like my strongest forte, but I played my damn, like sure well enough of them to be able to like be knowledgeable in it. But I'm like, not the video game guy, you know? Right. So like, I think it like even created like a separate social cast inside an already like <laughs> social cast of nerddom. But, like, I think it's, I don't know, it's it's pretty cool that it became part of our culture, and uh, it's just something that, like, it's, you can't avoid it now. 
I mean, some people probably think it's pretty shitty that you can't avoid it. Like, you can't go to work without seeing some douchebag with like a like a Triforce hat or something. So, <laughs> I don't know. Anytime you create another subgroup of a group that you already love and are part of and enjoy being in, it's like just gives it like it creates a bigger community. And the idea that it like exploded so fast, like it's it's pretty crazy how quickly it caught on. And if yeah, you think a decade. Yeah, and if you think about, like, its lasting power, it's been pretty, it's, like, still just as popular, if not, it's definitely more popular now than well, it was the, when it came out. The barrier of entry is pretty low, too. Yeah, but I'm just, well, you got to admit, like, every kid in the world has an Xbox at their house. Well, like, yeah, it's not like, like every kid had, like, people would go over to their like, neighbor's house to play their Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Like, not everybody had one, but, like, now everybody has two Xboxes, you know? Right. Like. That's just how it is. So, like, it's just a video game of culture has just exploded. So, I don't know. It's pretty, it'd be kind of interesting to, like, do a research topic or a project on just, like, what kind of other culture phenomenons have caught on so quick, like, spread like wildfire like video games have, but have, like, stayed. Like, even if you look at, like, rock and roll, like, rock and roll was huge when it first came out and it exploded, but, like, you don't see any rock bands anymore. Like Maroon Five, that does not count. Eh, like, the, the term <laughs> rock band just went subjective. It's no longer a specific yeah. style of music. It's yeah, and like what's new and what's different and what sounds weird. There's really no such thing as a rock idol anymore either. You know, like that's all. Like the Bon Jovi's gone. You know, like they're just it just doesn't happen anymore. Like Bieber is the closest thing, and like he can go die in a fire. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, whoa, again, whoa, it's, not, it's not about rock and roll anymore. It's about it's not about, about the music, it's man. About being different. It's about <laughs> the music being different and new and innovative. It's it's less of a status symbol than it used to be. You know, yeah. You, you don't wear the leather jacket and you know, yeah. Just to identify yourself. Here. I think like names like Bungie or Blizzard are like bigger rock stars now than like the Rolling Stones. I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to get on that bandwagon. Kyle, how about you? What do you think about this? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, as a culture piece, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, video games have definitely, you know, skyrocketed in, into the stratosphere, you know, as far as popularity. And, and they're not stopping. You, no, they're really not. They're not I mean, you slowing can, down. No, and, and you can see that. Like, I mean, how many games do you have on your phone, Dan? Right. I, I'm the old school guy, and I probably have 20 games on my phone. Right, right. And I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's hardcore gamers who, who would not consider those games. And, and in some ways, they're right. But, I mean, you've got 20 games on your phone, you know, I've got 20 games on my phone. I'm sure everyone, There's you know... There's hardcore gamers that would not consider those games. No, but no. When, when I was gaming, the games weren't even as good as some of these. Yeah, right. I know, totally. So, you can get lost in Candy Crush Saga, trust yeah. me. <laughs> you, you need to stop playing Candy Crush. It's, no! It's crack. It's, no. So, <laughs> it's crack. This, this just became an intervention. Right I'm <laughs> telling you. I, I, Surprise I, intervention. I quit playing Candy Crush about two months ago. You can do it, man. Yes. Oh, no, it's so good. Why do you want to? I don't need to quit. I'll quit if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you have a problem, and this this Skype call is filled with people who love you. Except for Tyler. He <laughs> hates you. <laughs> yeah, we just go. I got to go, guys. I got to go play some Crush. <laughs> I just got to get one more Crush in. Sorry I need one more ticket. Sorry but, to uh, there, Kyle. Carry on. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, so I mean, yeah, video gaming is is everywhere and if you look at where where it was in the the late 80s and the uh the early 90s, 
if you look at where it was then and how simplistic it was and, and, and how much it's, you know, grown and matured. Um, I mean, you see a lot of Hollywood movie writers who are signing on to, you know, game development companies now. Game characters. Yeah, yeah. And, and Hollywood actors, you know, Saints Row 4 just announced like their cast and crew and you've got Neil Patrick Harris in there. You got Terry Crews in there. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know who Terry Crews is playing? No, who? King. Benjamin motherfucking oh, King. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. That's yes. perfect. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you're seeing, uh, I mean, you're seeing, you know, modern music groups creating, uh, soundtracks for games and everything of that sort, you like, know. I'll never forget the first time I played, uh, what it, I can never hear that stupid song that's in the beginning of Borderlands. Oh, oh my god. Oh my Ain't no rest for the wicked. Yeah, holy Every crap. I, hear that that song, I just think of that game. Right. You know, so, I mean, you've got that. You, the messages that games are sending nowadays, you know, and, and, and the way that they can convey these messages, um, is something new that you don't get from other mediums. Um, I was playing a game called Hotline Miami the other day. And it's, it's a really gruesome game, but it's set in like a 2D, you know, uh, top down type of view. So, and I mean, you're going into these drug houses and killing these, you know, thugs and everything like that in like really brutal ways. And it doesn't, it seems harmless, you know, cause it's, it's all just pixelated graphics and everything like that. And at some point in the game, the guy, you know, who keeps sending you on these missions is like, you know, why, why do you enjoy the violence so much? And it really made Whoa. me stop and go, Oh my God, I'm just killing all these people for no reason, you know? <clears throat> and I think there you stumbled across the, the taboo that was video games. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. the, with the blood code and Mortal Kombat back in the day. And, yeah. Uh, the desensitization that happens whenever, uh, something like that happens, whenever something like that, you're subjective to something like that regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the supposed desensitization. Because, I'm sorry, I don't care how many times I punch a dude in the face on a video game. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go out and rip a head off. It's just not totally different when you're punching a guy in real life. Yeah, yeah it hurts. It's the same thing, man. Uh, I, I may not be visually shocked by seeing blood spatter on the wall uh, <laughs> when I'm sitting in my living room, but if there's blood spatter on my living room wall, I'm going to be traumatized. I don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you hit. I think you touched on something. There. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I mean the only other thing I can think of to add is you know. Um, there is still a bit of a stigma around video games. A lot of people, you know, when they ask, you know, hey, what do you, you know, what do you do in your free time? What do you enjoy and everything like that? I like video games is not the first thing that I'll normally tell them, um, even though that is the number one thing that I that I do in my free time. And a lot of that is, you know, the older generation very much is like, well, video games are for kids. You're an Brian. adult. Why why are you wasting your time with this? Brian, you can co-sign on this. He's he's got a little case of gamer shame there. <laughs> yeah, I, you haven't had to explain that you're a role-playing gamer to a bunch of people. Who yeah, dude, you don't know shit about it until you like have to explain to your mom, your like your girlfriend's mom, what Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> is. Right. Like, yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons like three times a week, and they're like, "What? Is, what is that?" I thought that was a '70s thing where you smoked weed with your friends in the basement. You're like, yeah, we do that too, but uh, <laughs> we tend to be elves and dwarves. Um. <laughs> See, here's the thing: if uh, somebody says, "Hey, what do you do?" You say, "I'm a gamer." Nowadays, they just assume that you're a video gamer. Yes. You think uh, there's a stigma on video gamers? I don't think that it is. No, no, no. I'm just saying I think it's assumed that you're I'm a video sorry. gamer. But whenever you have to clarify, no, I'm a tabletop gamer. I do role-playing games and you know collaborative storytelling and whatnot. 
Mm. All of a sudden, you got a whole different audience in front of you. <laughs> right. Regular video gamers, they'll be like, oh, you play Modern Warfare. You, as soon as you say, no, I'm, I play Dungeons and Dragons, you're going to get the guy like, ooh, you're one of those. <laughs> right. You're one of those creeps. David, how about you? What do you think about video games as a culture piece? Well, I think as a culture piece, I think it's becoming a lot more artistic, like you guys are saying. And the ways that they're conveying the message is getting more artistic. Still the same thing that Kyle says, but... World building is getting better. The immersive environment is starting to look better. It's not even to that point. It's just the immersion is, for me, not only just like how great the game is, graphics-wise. Right. Storyline wise, like the way it's the sound, like the sound of the game, the the soundtrack, the the voice actors, the whole story. If I'm sucked in, like the last game I got real sucked into, like storyline wise, was Mass Effect Three. And like, if you get me sh- stuck into a game like that hard, off just storyline alone, I don't care if it looks like Zelda, the right. first Zelda. And and as your friend who's really down and on the. Uh, like there's no culture, I feel sorry for him that he has he doesn't see the culture that there is. One of my favorite writers is actually notice what you've noticed the new the new culture piece as in gaming. Neil oh, yeah. guys, Neil Gaiman is like one of my favorite writers. He's done comic books. Oh yeah, he is making a game so, because he feels like this newest story that he has wrote, the newest thing that he has wrote, he doesn't feel like you can just write it like that way of conveying. The story and the way it feels doesn't work anymore with this culture. He wants to do it through a video game. He feels like you need to experience. You know, humans have been writing, painting, creating things for a long, long time. Let's just break it down a piece at a time. There's been painting cave wall paintings for thousands of years. And that art is still growing. People are still finding new ways to use the visual medium to paint and draw and artistically convey a message today. So we're talking thousands of years of experiences and inspirations that have brought us to the point where we are today in the visual medium of drawing and painting and and that type of thing. Uh, Writing, same situation. People have been writing books for a long, long time which means that people have been reading books for a long time and inspired to write new books and tell stories in different ways. Now, it's often been told that there's a very finite, very short, or a very small number of types of stories that you can tell, and the art is in the way that you tell them. But people are still writing books and still reading, and other people are still reading books. That is an art form that has been growing for hundreds of years. Video games have been around for about 35, 40 40 years. Imagine where this art form is going to go (laughs) in 100 years. And assuming that... That optics thing where it's like real life, so you can like play while you're taking a poop. (laughs) (laughs) Short of... of, um, I want a holodeck. That's what I want. Oh, God, I'd love to have a holodeck. It's it's just going to be like VR missions. That's That's all it's going to be. That's the future. We're striving toward the holodeck and the food replicator. (laughs) Honestly, the way that I see it, like Star Trek is our future. You know, at some point, like we're going to get those things. So it's what I, I mean. It's what I said. It's it's. Look at the flip phone. You, you dream. Yeah, that totally. You 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 dream creatively, and then you strive in the real world to make those things a reality. So it very well may be that, you know, you your kids 
may be walking around on a holodeck of some sort, you know, testing out the first holodeck. What do you think's next? I mean, we've 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 come to a point right now where in the video game industry, as far as console gaming, you've got Sony and the Xbox who just recently there was the big hubbub about what Xbox is going to do and what Sony's going to do for their next console and everything. And yeah. the resolution is nothing's really going to change. They're just going to give it better memory and better graphics, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what it eventually came down to. It's, a, so it's very dissatisfying. So the art doesn't grow. <laughs> Nothing changes. What do you think the next step is going to be other than better graphics and better hardware? I mean, what do you think the next Oculus step Rift. Yes, the Oculus, the Oculus Rift. Rift. Holy crap. It's the same same thing I was going to say. <laughs> and what's that? It's the thing where you can play while you're taking a poop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. It's a it's the next Show shot of VR. Yeah, it's it's a uh it's a virtual reality, you know, headset that they're prototyping right now and it's like I mean there's you know, there's been video game uh VR headsets out since the nineties. boy. You know, um but they've all been really bad. Um right. you know, whether whether, you know, they're just really big and bulky, you know, or they, they strain your eyes and everything like that. And and the Oculus Rift looks to uh I mean, fix all the problems with that. You know, another issue was they were always really, really expensive. And now, you know, with the advent of, of smartphones and these tiny screens that are HD capable and everything like that, I mean, you know, they're they're getting it down to a reasonable price point and it it looks amazing. Like I I really want to check it out. You know, it gives you a nice full immersive three D screen like two inches in front of your eyes. Nice. You know, um, it's got head tracking, so you move your head to the left. It's looking to the left. You Sounds know, like an optometrist, it, an optometrist's dream. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. You know, I'm that's 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 one of the next big things that you know I'm 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 hoping takes off. So three D immersive technology. I'm not sold on it yet, but I'm I'm hard to please when it comes to video game gimmicks. Is that what you think it is? You think it's a gimmick? So you don't think it's the next step in the the culture you think it's the next offshoot i just, so where, i do actually where do you think the culture goes next well we've we've got computer games which have been uh an industry standard for a long time uh we've got our consoles which have kind of grown stagnant it's been the longest that there's ever been without a new console a round of consoles coming out and uh, how nintendo <laughs> has kind of shot themselves in the foot as far as the premier gamers uh, yeah they in, in their in their process but they still have steadfast and 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 hardy fans uh, right just love that style of gaming and they've got the handheld right like, they got the handheld off. market taken care of because that's what you give your kids in the backseat of the car right <laughs> um shut up we're not there yet play some <laughs> game boy so uh you're saying that the 3d immersive reality there is the latest gimmick but what's the well, next step for the for the industry as a whole then in my opinion the future in gaming is in the pc like you said, the, the future in gaming the, is always in the PC. It's always there first, right? Right. Well, well, no, I can't really say that because the console games. Uh, there are very few consoles. Like you said, the consoles have grown stagnant. Like we haven't. It's been the longest since we've had a new console, and the newest ones, it the newest console is so disappointing. They're just upping the graphics right. by very not even a huge amount. They're it's just a bigger memory, better graphics. It's nothing new. It's like the new Xbox One is just going to be the new Xbox 360. Right. My 
it's going to be PC, in my opinion, because things like Steam, which is a giant social network download. for gamers. Yeah, digital downloads, it's all a giant... It's a social network made for gamers, where you can okay. buy games for cheap, you can... you can. There are sales all the time. You can get cards. You, you can get trading cards, damn it. But isn't Steam already here? Steam's already here, but I'm not saying that that Steam is the future. Something like Steam. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) As dumb as the way that they did it with the Xbox One, they had the right idea on the future in gaming. So, so you think that it was just a bad marketing delivery? Definitely. I blame their. I blame that's the understatement of the century. I blame their their PR PR for everything. Needs to be just fired. Everyone. (laughs) <laughs> just start over because the reason that they backed out of everything is because they came out the gate saying this is everything you don't get we'll tell you what you do get later like right. you don't come out with the bad news and then expect people to still carry your thing yeah i don't really think they spent a whole lot of time working that angle at all they uh, didn't it seems like what they did was retroactive in that they were like um, you know, here's what's gonna happen with the new the new console, and everybody was like, "No, that sucks. We don't want to do it." But they didn't really spend time talking about what you're gonna get out of it. They did, and then when everybody was like, "No, we're not gonna buy that," and freaked out, and they thank you Reddit. They they cut they cut that um they cut that concept out, and they said, "Okay, that's not gonna happen." But here's what you're gonna lose, right? So not saying that I agree. The perks of the position. They actually told you the perks of the system retroactively after they were taking it away to punish you, so right. that y- y- you can see what you're losing by not having an open mind. I disagree with the way that uh, they did everything, and mm-hmm. most of the perks that we've we've heard about and we've talked about personally, we don't even know if they're actual perks. They just sounded like really good ideas that we'd like. But right. the bad stuff was so bad. As much as I think that Microsoft had the right idea in the gaming, like the future of gaming consoles, mm-hmm. so the future we're not of ready. Gaming consoles, you're thinking is personalized gaming, digital downloads, full personalized hands-off arena. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty neat. Make it sound immature. I mean, hands-off. <laughs> so. uh Anybody else have anything uh, regarding this topic? Um, I just wanted to add one more thing. Sure. If you look at like where the uh, independent uh, gaming scene is right now, right. Um, you've you've got guys who've grown up playing games, you know. So you've got a, a lot of guys in their their twenties, early thirties, you know, who were there when I guess the ship launched, you know, right when gaming was set out to sea. And, you know, they're, they're now making games that, um, are, are kind of callbacks to, to the old style, um, but are really adding new and innovative ways to play with it. Um, because I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you look at, you look at what games have been up until now and, and they are games. They're just, you know, Call of Duty is, is follow the waypoint and then shoot some guys in the middle, right. you know? Um, yeah, there's some pretty spectacular stuff that happens in between, but at the end of the day, you're just, you're hitting mission objectives and everything like that. And I, and I feel like games as a interactive storytelling, you know, that's, that's where I want to see the future go. You know, I'm, I'm pretty tired of film at this point in my life because it's, it's literally just, I feel like we're just rehashing everything that we've ever, you know, put to film. 
story wise. Right. You know, um, and I feel like games have a new way of conveying their story. You look at a game like Portal 2, where all of it's, you know, I mean, the whole game, you're just solving puzzles, but the story is, is happening around you. I think right? what you're saying is that the new medium for storytelling mm-hmm. is more exciting than the concept of the mastered old medium. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying with the Hotline Miami thing, you know, like, I don't know where I could have ever gotten that experience, you know, where I'm just senselessly killing everything. And then the game just stops for a moment and goes, why are you doing this? That's funny. And like, I have to stop and I have to go, why am I doing this? I'm a horrible person. Sounds to me like we need to get Kyle a bag of dice and sit him down around an experience. Table. <laughs> I, uh, I think you could get something I had from this, it. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar experience with like a game called Spec Ops The Line. I'm not going to go too deep into it because that's what I talked about in our first episode. But it has a really immersive storyline. That it, It's a shooting. It's a third person over the shoulder, kill everything in your path game. And about halfway through the story, your character starts losing it, like mentally, because he's killing people. It's not like 007 where he's, you go he's through a robot, and kill 100 people, and like you're like, oh, let's drink some martinis. No, this guy's lo- losing it mentally. So the storyline's really hitting you like, I'm k- killing all these people at the cost of this guy's sanity. And it just gets, it m- makes for a deeper experience, even though overall it's just a shooting game. Well, and I, and I would say the fact that it, it offers you choices on, you know, what you're doing, you know, and, and you have to make those choices. And, and sometimes you don't even realize that there, there is a choice. It immerses you because of that. It immerses you so well mm-hmm. that you don't realize there are choices even being made. Right. And, and reacting, you know, if you were to go see a film like that, you know, you're just watching the lead actor, let's say Brad Pitt, you're just watching Brad Pitt make these decisions. And I mean, you're, you can, uh, you know, you can see where he, where he is and where he's coming from. Um, you can relate to him and what he's doing and whatnot, but you're not actually there, like making that choice, right. you know, and, it's and that choice fault. can have some weight. It's not, so your fault. I, what's that? So it's, it's not, not your fault. fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. Brad Pitt's just a jerk, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then, you know, yeah, in, in, a, in a game where it presents you with, like, three or four choice uh, choices, you don't even realize that some of them are even choices. Right. You know, and you end up making the one that, you know, you didn't want to make, but you made it anyway. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm a horrible person. It's, you it's know. more like a real-life realistic choice. Like, yeah. you're actually making it. So You're I, not thinking through. It just happened, and you already you regret it all automat- right. automatically. Right. I would say, you know, and, and video game stories up until this point have been, you know, pretty cut and dry, pretty, you know, B-movie type of experiences. Right. And I feel like the industry as a whole, um, especially the indies, are really taking that to the next level and bringing a whole level of, like, artistic integrity to it like, um, behind that yeah and uh, i would say that's that's what really has me the most excited about gaming right now fair enough did we lose brian no i'm still here okay Just, we're listening he's a good listener listening yeah keep your mouth shut yes sir um, <laughs> i think that'll about cover it for me do you guys have anything else on the subject well mm. beings this is about it for the subject I was going to say for what he was talking about <laughs> with the the immersion. Yeah. There was a game that I think everyone should pick up called Thomas Was Alone. Oh, it, did you play that? Yes, it's seriously just a block. Oh my god. And there's a there's a person <laughs> telling a story like just 
uh, a British guy who played in Assassin's Creed. It's I forget his actor's name. Uh, Danny B- Wilson or something like that. Yeah. Well, he's just telling the story of this block and how he was alone and how he became to be and his struggles with existence. And just that alone made it a good game. Otherwise, it's just a block going to another spot. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. It's it's so weird because the whole game has like. Six or seven blocks that you play as, um, or quadrilat- uh, quadrilaterals, um, that you play as, and they all have names and they all have special, you know, Abilities. attributes to them and how they interact with the environment. And, and like, I never found myself like referring to the blocks as colors, you know, because right. they're all different colors. I found myself referring to them as, as Thomas and Chris and John yeah. and Sarah, like all the character names. Yeah. Know, they're just colorful blocks. You know, and, and it, it yeah. You know, so you take something so minimalist, you know, it's literally blocks going through a black, you know, outline of a level. Um, and it really adds like a story to it that like makes you care about these quadrilaterals. I just said that. That's a, that yeah, was a amazing. sentence I just said. He, we cared. We both play this. We both like, we cared for these people. <laughs> now they're so. people. Now, what? Now wow. They're, see, now they're see people. how it evolves. One, one, <laughs> one quick jump. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all I really have to say. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, I I do want to say um, to the audience, it's the, your podcast is not just you two, right? You have a couple other people. Yeah, it's it's uh, myself, David, uh, Aaron Parente, and uh, Kyle Penrod, and uh, we're looking at possibly adding a fifth seat. So send in your submissions, and please don't be a douche. <laughs> wow, don't actually do that. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's four of us every week and they get crazy conversations. We're a little out there. Yeah, I can say that. All right. Um, you guys can be reached at backwards compatible at carpegm.net. Um, find you on Facebook and obviously you'll be, uh, floating around at carpegm.net. Um, and once I breathe some life back into the forums, you guys will have your own forum boards in the game room, our carpegm forum. Watch out for my band hammer. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, not the band hammer. Quiet, you. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got, uh, we've come to the final segment of the podcast, which is the support segment, where I tell all the listeners to support the hobby, support the industry, and support their local game store. And then I ask our guests to support one thing that is not their specific project. So, guys, what would you like to support? I guess I, I I have two things. Um, the first one is you know uh, support indie games. You know they're taking the most chances and really pushing the medium forward. You know there's a lot of really interesting stuff out there. Um, you know if you've got a PC that is capable of running games, you know check out uh, Steam's Greenlight. And you know I mean there's a lot of really neat ideas on there uh, that you can vote for, and they can be released on Steam. You know, check out Kickstarter to see what ideas people are mulling around that they want to, you know, get started. And if something tickles your fancy, you know, if you feel like Marry it, it. Yeah, sure. Oh. Um, I mean, if it's tickling your fancy, you got to do something. <laughs> That's a know. serious step. Um, and I guess I got three, you know, support the industry. Uh, I already said that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. I covered this on our last podcast. No, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a different industry, that? though. Yeah, it is a different industry. Um, you know, support support the, uh, the developers. Uh, and I covered this on our last podcast. Essentially, don't buy used from GameStop, please. 
Um, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, they normally sell their games used five dollars less than new. Please pay the five extra dollars. You know, give the developers their cut for their hard work. You know, uh, if you really enjoy it, like they deserve it. Um, Fair enough. And on the other end of that, uh, support your local indie game store. You know, in uh, Granite City, we have Game Busters. <clears throat> you know, if you're going to buy used, you know, for, because it's cheaper, buy from those guys, you know, because those guys are people who love the hobby and, and you know, they're following their passion. Shit, if you made a store. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I can think of. All right. David, did you well, have anything? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, what I got to I say support creativity because besides listening to our podcast, which is the main focus of this interview, it's a culture piece, which if just support all creativity, try not to be the the old angry man that our parents were with our with our with our culture. Absolutely. Because really, that's imagine how much faster this would have happened if, say, the Atari were to have boomed like the Nintendo did. Imagine so, where we could have been So what now. you're really saying is when you get old and you have the potential to be that dick, don't be that dick later. <laughs> yeah, don't be that guy. It's so Support hard, though. Support creativity. I don't like change. And the the music the kids listen to, I don't like it. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's old whippersnappers. <laughs> Kyle, Hooligans. it's not your fault. What do you mean it's not my fault? It's not your fault. Okay. It is not my fault. All right. Well, with that, guys, I think I'm going to end it. Thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have everything, have everything on carpegm.net if you, if anyone is interested in reaching out and, uh, meeting David and Kyle and, and the rest of the guys. And, uh, Brian, thanks for coming on and helping me out tonight. For sure, man. Anytime. Uh, I appreciate it. And, um, you guys have a good night. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having us on. And you. The Carpe GM Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. For further discussion on this topic or just about anything else, join our forum at carpegm.net slash forum. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook slash carpegm.net or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore G-M. Thanks for listening.